0: this week we haven't had a guest in a while i'm not you want to introduce our guest
1: i mean we had a guest last week uh but the episode hasn't, oh, hasn't it hasn't, hasn't dropped yet so mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah, to look out for that one. yeah. <laughs> i forgot
0: yeah. Well,
1: we have uh mitch uh i met mitch at nationals this year uh i met him through za he's i think are you guys close friends um
2: yeah, yeah. So I met Zoth kind of through my, my buddy Daniel, who goes to the the gym I lift at, and then uh, through him, uh, yeah, I met Zoth, and then met him first at the meet I qualified for for nationals with. Uh, we were both both competing at that meet, and then got to know him more and stuff. And I've lifted at uh, his brother's garage sometimes too. When when did you do that do that meet? Like, was it a recent meet? Uh, that would have been last March. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was the qualifying – the one where I got the qualifying total and then, yeah, then uh, trained with him a few times uh, before
1: that, leading up to, to nationals. So you're from North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. in North Carolina like the past five years-ish. Gotcha. You've been – was this uh, – like how many meets have you done? Like we haven't talked about your lifting before. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I've done oof, eight maybe. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah. Bit, yeah. Like
0: we'll I guess I which one is your most notable one that you've done
2: oh i think probably the the qualifying one yeah that that march meet was my favorite cuz nationals was weird i was like super sick uh like 2 weeks before and then i had a conference for for work like in san diego like the week before nationals so i didn't i didn't train because i was sick and then i didn't train because i was just busy at the conference so then yeah nationals was just a train wreck but uh, yeah the the meet
0: before that was really good Nice. So I guess um, starting off, like how did you, I guess, first start off with powerlifting and like your first initial meet? Oh, yeah. So
2: I did my my undergrad degree at Iowa State um, and they had like a like a powerlifting weightlifting club there. And, uh, that was where I first sort of got involved with it. Like, uh, one of my like coworkers, I worked at the gym and one of my coworkers there was, was big into the club and introduced me to that, like probably my like sophomore year at college. And then, uh, like before then I was just like sort of lifting like for fun, but it really have like a set, like powerlifting structure to it or anything. Uh, but then got to know more people in the club there. And, um, started getting into the whole powerlifting. And I think like the, uh, probably a semester or two later, I did my, uh, did my first meet. Um, I was like in the, what, like 132 pound class, uh, whatever that is in kilos, um, for my first meet. And then just slowly like worked my way up from there over the years. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of how I got my start there. And then, um, the club was super cool. It was all like kind of hand-me-down equipment from the rec center. But then, mm-hmm. uh, in my time there, we, uh, we got more funding and eventually by the end of it, we had like, you know, I think two or three, like, uh, like competition style, like, uh, power racks and all of that. And some nice, um, Ohio bars. And I think they've had even more since I, since I left there. Um, yes. but it was a really cool environment to sort of, uh, support the uh, involvement in, in powerlifting
1: yeah i see like you've done one equipped meet and you've done i mean at least like from the USAPL side like you've done like five uh raw meets and one equipped meet like was what were you at the beginning an equipped lifter as well like or did you start off raw
2: no no so honestly that's just like a fluke i think i signed up for the wrong one <laughs>
1: so, <no. laughs>
0: did you use equipment
1: no, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't equip me raw. Oh, yeah. No,
0: raw.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always see that. Like I look back and I'm like, wait, no, no, I because I've never yeah, I've, I've used
1: wraps probably twice like in uh-huh. my life. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've you've uh you've done a few meets and you've uh you've done a couple at eighty three, now like you're back at seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you've had like some like pretty decent numbers like your your deadlift like also like looks pretty strong at 83. Um like has has your numbers kind of get get affected like after you dropped some weight? Yeah,
2: I was uh I was surprised actually that my my squat stayed about where it was. My my deadlift tended to go down the the most when I went from from the 83 to the, to the 75. And I don't know if it was like, just like a change in leverages or, or what, uh, but I also had sort of, uh, like a little, uh, little like hamstring injury when I, when I did drop down that didn't seem to affect my, my squat too much, but, but definitely, definitely noticed it in the, in the deadlift. Um, okay. so I think that probably pl- played a role just that combined with, with the cutting into, into that new weight class, um, dropped that down a bit. So I've been trying to get back up to you know like the the mid or low uh, low six hundred range, at this weight class, but
1: haven't quite made it back yet. I mean, if, if never if you've never seen Mitch deadlift, like you have like one of the best leverages for deadlifts. Like you're actually <laughs> built really well to deadlift, uh, but I'm I'm sure your your schedule is pretty busy now with. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh sorry, that was me. Like, oh, okay. oh my bad. I, th- I thought I thought it cut off. Like I, 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 no. <laughs> I panicked. I panicked a little bit. I thought Yeah. But yeah so, so you finished your undergrad uh, was it in like exercise science? Like what was it in?
2: Yeah, so it was like a combined degree in nutrition and exercise science.
1: Mm-hmm. And now you're doing your PhD in uh... Yeah, just yeah. tell us about background like of what you're doing now in the, in your school.
2: Yeah, sure. sure. So I did my, my undergrad and master's both at Iowa State. They were It was like a combined bachelor's, master's degree in uh, nutrition and, and exercise science. And then from there, I did uh, an internship at a hospital to become a, a registered dietitian. Uh, mm-hmm. So I did that for a year. And then I uh, came here to North Carolina to do my PhD in exercise physiology. And so with that, sort of my focus here and my research and my dissertation that I'm doing now is focused on, uh, on hydration. Um, the main, main parts of that being uh, looking more at like hydration from a health perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing how does uh, habitual fluid intake or water intake, how does it influence hormones? How does that influence um, metabolic health, metab- uh, overall metabolism? um and then how does the, how do those changes then influence some other health behaviors too um is sort of the main main focus of my research um but i've also done some work like for my masters looking more at uh at hydration from like a performance uh perspective um so with that, I've done. Um, I did a study for for my master's thesis, looking at de- dehydration affecting uh, bench press performance, actually, and then um, I tested rehydration with a sports drink compared to water to see, um, within a certain time frame, how um, is that any any better for uh, recovering bench press performance? Mm, what What were the results? Uh, so actually, for my master's, there was there was no difference between the the water and the the sports drink that I tested um which uh you know could be could be a number of factors too could be uh just the um the the way we dehydrated them too so we used um because at the time there wasn't really anything published yet on the like the water loading that that people will typically just anecdotally use now in like powerlifting um so i didn't use that sort of protocol i just used a uh a sauna type protocol for that um but also with some exercise um along with that just low intensity uh, cycling, um, in the heat, uh, to, to get, uh, about 4% dehydration. But, um, yeah, so the, like they could have just been more fatigued from, from that in itself too. Um, so that could be a reason why. Um, but yeah. So, and this, yeah, there was no effect on their bench press performance
0: at oh, all. That's interesting.
2: Well, well, sorry. When they were dehydrated, they did have an effect. There was no difference between, between the drinks. Oh, drinks.
0: Um, okay. okay. Y- yeah.
2: So when they were dehydrated, I think it was, it was a, like around three, maybe a little bit higher than three percent. Um, okay. they, they did see bench press went down by about, about six percent. So, like, it was that's a, like,
1: a sizable
0: amount. Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I guess, well, th- this is kind of interesting since you said like there is like, there were some limitations. Um, and like, you see this not nowadays, like people kind of look at research and like you look at, they look at a paper, it's like, oh, well, this paper says if you're, if you rehydrate with water, it's the same. Uh, but like, obviously, like it, there's more, like more to go into it. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So what are like the factors you kind of look into? Because like now I'm pretty sure like you have to read a lot of research. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are the limitations you think or like of research nowadays? Um, or what are the things like you would look at? Like if you're actually trying to get some, uh, if you're trying to get some good data out of like the research, um, what are the things you kind of look at? And like, what are the things you kind of, like the red flags or things that you kind of watch out for? um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like any sort of um, like,
2: like blanket, like, like cause and effect type statement that doesn't really have the, the design to back it up. Um, so, you know, if you're taking just a, a cross-sectional look at, you know, what uh, like what people, whether it's like could use performance as an example, just cross-sectionally let's see, OK, this is, you know, what what someone's doing and then this is how their performance is like, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation unless you um, unless you actually design an experiment and manipulate it to, to determine that. But people might might show like, OK, this person or these Groups of people that tend to perform better tend to to drink this certain kind of drink or hydrate this certain amount, um, and they tend to do better. Um, that's a good first step to like see okay there there seems to be a relationship. But then to actually uh, determine cause and effect, you wanna you wanna actually then manipulate that. Take those people who are who are doing that, make them not do that. See okay does that affect their performance? Take a group that hasn't done that, um, introduce whatever whatever um, intervention. Um, your testing and then see okay does that have an effect and and also make sure that you uh, you randomize the process as well and try mm-hmm. to uh, try to avoid any confounding factors like um, that, that would bias it's like if they in, in hydration in particular like um, is notorious like if you if you know that or have heard that, you're, you're supposed to be worse because if, if you're dehydrated or you think the opposite, like the more you hydrate, the better you're going to do There's There's a sort of like placebo effect as well, or could be where if you, you expect yourself to, to do better one way or another, that in and of itself could, could influence the results beyond just like whatever you're, whatever you're testing. Um, so that's another one that's, that's hard to, hard to work out in a, in a design, but definitely something to consider also.
1: Yeah, because like I know, like with uh, like research, pe- people try to look try to look at research and kind of use it for powerlifting. But most mm-hmm. of the research done, like correct me if I'm wrong, like none of it is done on high level powerlifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the people participating are either kind of like new to lifting, so they would kind of respond to anything. Um, I mean that's that's not that's not specific to hydration. But if we're talking kind of like more like strength training and kind of response to like, how does this person respond to, or how does this group respond to, uh, like, high volume versus low volume or high rep versus low rep? And, like, if the if the group, like, if the participants are novices or they're not high-level lifters, like, you get mm-hmm. kind of skewed data that everyone responds well to, like, every, like, they both responded well to high volume and low volume or the high rep or low rep. Uh, so I guess like, that will be like another thing to look at is like, who is this, uh, research done on, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So like, have you seen any, um, uh, like from your, what, what kind of research do you primarily look at? Like, is it just, just hydration? Or, like, do you kind of look into other, uh, like other stuff as well?
2: Oh yeah, no, I've, I definitely like, uh, especially when I was doing my master's was big into like the, the strength, uh, uh, research as well. So like, yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge one where, yeah. And it, and it varies too, depending on like what study you read, like how they define their, their training status of their participants too. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, there'll be some where they'll, they'll call them trained, but then, you know, their bench press is in order to qualify as trained was like 1.2 times body weight, which, you know, like, yeah, is more trained than like, you know, your average person. But like, if we're, if we're using that or trying to equate that to like high level lifters, not necessarily the the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, I think that's an important point, but any, yeah, any, any other, like, uh, like I, I read a lot of like nutrition, like supplementation type studies too. And same kind of thing. Like if, um, or even in like, uh, like the caffeine literature too. Like if someone's uh, normally normally consumes a lot of caffeine, that's something that's often often lost when they um, when they when they test like a, a caffeine product, um, mm. you could have responders just from from someone not being used to caffeine, and then someone who's you know has it all the time, then then
1: yeah, that's that's going to affect uh, affect things as well. And like that's not all cited in the research, right? Like the only cite uh, like what are the information they kind of give you? Like do they tell you? Um, do they give you more context uh, or like background with these like people participating or do they kind of just give you uh, those are trained individuals uh, and like the, the criteria is whatever, 1.2 body weight, squat, uh, or do they kind of give you a little bit more background?
2: Yeah. So I, ideally we would have more, but usually like you'll, you'll have your, your methods section or your, yeah. And within that you'll have your, Description of your participants, and they're they're usually limited by just like word count for the the articles too to, to how much they can include, whether or not they they actually include uh, more detail or not. I mean, sometimes you'll have like a a supplementary file where you can add additional information, but uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, it'll usually be a set set sort of a couple couple criteria that okay if they meet, then uh, they can participate, but. Um, but there are some studies where you can get, uh, more, more in depth, like, like training information from them. Um, I have some friends who are more into like, uh, like the endurance exercise, um, literature and they'll, they'll have people, uh, track their, track their exercise with, um, like Strava and things like that, and actually incorporate it into their, their training volume, um, metrics for their participants, um, which is cool, but I don't think I've, I've seen as much of that in sort of the, the strength literature
1: gotcha i guess we'll uh i guess we'll jump into the topic uh because like a lot of people um now like nowadays like for powerlifting meat, especially like in the usapl most mm-hmm. people do some type of a, of a cut into the meat yeah um uh, and like it depends like some people cut um like higher percentage maybe some people cut like five percent or more some people mm-hmm. kind of stay under like under four percent um and there's like a few methods um uh, like you know like there's I guess like in the old method used to be uh, like a water cut combined Mm -hmm. with glycogen depletion. Um, Mm I think they would kind of cut their carbs, uh, kind of load water at the beginning, um, Mm -hmm. then cut the water like at the end of like a one or like one day out and cut the sodium as well. And like a few Mm -hmm. days out, they would start cutting the carbs, maybe 50% 50 carbs, three days out, 25% Mm -hmm. carbs, two days out and like one day out, they try to get the least amount um, uh, so like that was like the old method and like now people are kind of using uh, like food volume manipulation um yeah. or like like a gut cut can i just eat a lower volume less uh more dense foods to kind of uh have less uh less dead weight in your like in your stomach um mm-hmm. uh, but yeah those are like the, the two methods and I, I don't know like if the hydration well hydration is definitely more involved with the first method like with the water cut mm-hmm. um but i feel like most like recently more more commonly it's been used like the gut cut has been calm like most most common um so i guess like for what's what's like the main difference like between the two cuts and like which one would you would you recommend mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh so like you mentioned yeah definitely with the with the first method you're at you know more risk of that that higher level of of dehydration um which could affect uh, could affect performance um for strength sports it's not um it doesn't have as much of an impact as as say like your endurance events definitely in like you're running cycling things like that we know that uh for the most part once you get above like two percent dehydration performance tends to tends to suffer um, it's, it's less clear for strength, but it, there, there can be sort of a, uh, like an increased RPE effect that could affect, um, could affect, uh, just performance and, and psychological performance too. Just if you, if you feel like shit from, from being dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but as compared to the second method, definitely I like, uh, more the idea of, of reducing that, um, like, like you called it sort of that dead weight in your stomach. Um, it's not really, providing any, any energy, it's more often than not, it's going to be fiber from, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables and things like that, that um, is, is sort of taking up that, that extra weight. Um, So if you were to uh, sort of reduce that, um, uh, that, that those fibrous foods um, leading into a meat, but, and switch those out for more, more energy dense, lower volume type foods, um, you'd still get the energy um, that you can use for, for the meat um and then at the same time you'd be reducing that body weight um just by by uh, less less volume in your stomach and then depending how you do it if you um you know if you don't don't do any sort of like dehydration protocol along with that you could still uh, lose a lose a considerable amount of, of weight just from doing that um without having to worry about any um any sort of effect on from a hydration perspective too Um, so I definitely think the the gut cut approach is is great and, uh, less likely to, to lead to any sort of, uh, performance decline.
1: Yeah. And like, I guess like, like those, those are talked about a lot, like the gut cut. I know like, uh, Steve, um, Steve has done like a video over it. Mm -hmm. Like there's like, there's a lot of videos over gut, over water cutting. Uh, but I haven't seen a lot of videos on. Um, like me day rehydration and kind of like what to do after mm-hmm. you cut the weight like everyone kind of just mainly tell you oh if you if you're, you're trying to lose x amount of weight that's what you do uh, but the process afterwards which i think matters more uh, yeah like after like after you cut that weight what are you gonna do uh because like most people are gonna cut the weight show up to the meat like weigh in then they kind of slack off with the uh you want to call it a rehydration or recomp process? Oh, the re-
0: yeah, the recomp, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what right. is the ideal, I guess, ratio if there was one that you would do for like recomping weight if you did have to do, let's say, like a gut cut or like a water cut. Like mm-hmm. how would you go about that?
1: And is it different yeah. also? Is it different from like uh like the first method, like a water cut method versus like a g- a gut cut method? Like would, yeah. would the rehydration or the recomp be different? Yeah,
2: no, those are, those are great questions. I, and I think, you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, it, it, lots of individual factors to, to be considered there. But I think um, the, uh, the main difference uh, between the, between the methods, like the the first one, definitely the, uh, the rehydration component is going to be much more important. Whereas with the, the, the gut com- component, uh, you probably won't need to, to, rehydrate as much. It'll probably be similar to, uh, to normal, normal hydration that you would do before, like a, like a hard training session. You won't really have much additional that you need to make up just from, uh, from having a, a less food, uh, volume per se in your stomach. Um, whereas the, the first method you would ideally you would, uh, you'd, you'd be closely monitoring where you, where you started before you did any sort of water manipulation and then you would try to get back as as close as you could to sort of that um, that's that starting point um, but the caveat there is that you need to uh, you need to consider okay when you when you actually begin the cut to okay what's your uh, what's your starting hydration status to uh, which most people actually actually don't know and it's it's no fault there is actually knowing someone's like initial hydration status is is actually pretty challenging there's no real single single best way to measure hydration status mm-hmm. um even from like a like a spot urine sample um that can be influenced by like immediate uh immediate fluid intake um uh, right before giving the sample if it's um if it's uh if it's too high of a volume we can actually uh dilute the urine sample beyond what your actual like whole body hydration status is um so things like that um but if you get someone's uh the, the kind of the approach we take in like in our lab is is we'll do like uh, repeated measures over over a couple of days get someone's body weight get someone's uh 24-hour urine um which you know isn't always like feasible just like in the real world um yeah. but uh, get that and then um get their their morning thirst as well so if someone's uh, trending towards their their thirstier and their their body weight's lower and their um, their urine volume is lower. Then we tend to to think they're uh, less hydrated. Um, or we can also look at their morning urine color. If it's if it's darker, then they're they're uh, they're less hydrated.
1: Gotcha. Um, so I mean, like you, I guess, like the most uh, practical think to kind of like the practical data point to track is like body weight for most people. And I I guess like a visual uh, look at like what, like like you said, like is like your your urine darker, uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit lighter. Like is like with that, that that would be another thing to look at. But most of the time, I guess people track body weight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Would that be like enough of a uh, like, yeah, like would body weight be enough to kind of for someone to kind of look at like, okay, like I was, 170 pounds um the Monday before the meet. My goal is to be about 170, 172 after uh my recomp. Like would that be something uh I guess like for most people, what would you recommend for like your average powerlifter? Yeah, I try to use like a combination of body weight and maybe that urine
2: color. Um just because with body weight too, um if you if you were to change sort of that the type of foods you're consuming, then too, just like after your weigh-ins, and if they were like higher volume foods as compared to when you cut out the higher volume foods too, um, that might add uh, that that would add weight that wasn't um, wasn't accounted for by just your, your body weight change during the cut. Um, that's that's if you change like the the volume of your food. If you if you keep the the food the foods the same you were eating before though. Um, then you, your body weight what should be should be uh, a pretty good indicator of of the, that fluid loss, um, assuming that you're not cutting calories leading into the meat, um, and that's that's important to to clarify there too. Like if you if you are um, you know dropping calories for whatever reason, which which I wouldn't recommend you know immediately uh, prior to a, to a meat do that do that uh, you know earlier in the in the prep. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if someone was doing that, then, then you might see some, some body weight loss. That's not, uh, not only, uh, from that water loss.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess like with also like, you know, there's no, uh, there's no like, um, hydration, like you don't get dehydrated doing a gut cut at all. Like even with, um, cause like you're eating different foods and like food also provides like some, like food provides hydration as well. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. So you definitely, um, you'll get, uh, some, some hydration from like your, your fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, definitely they're, they're primarily water. Um, so you could lose, uh, some, uh, from that. Um, if you weren't, um, yeah, if you weren't compensating by, by like increasing fluid intake to make up for that. Um, it wouldn't be a huge amount. Um, it, it's not, um, uh, like majority of your, of of most people's fluid intake, or, or yeah, total water intake will come from like the fluids they drink. Uh, but yeah, that, no, that's a that's a great point. That yeah, you you could lose some uh, just from that. So maybe you maybe you could uh, uh, rehydrate a little bit more um, if you uh, if you're someone who uh, who eats eats a lot of fruits and vegetables pretty frequently, and then mm-hmm. um, and then cut that out.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess like let's go like an spe- well, like a specific uh, example. Like let's say. We'll take like me, for example, like I walk around 172 pounds and I -hmm. I cut down to 165, like for me a day. So seven pounds, which is, I don't like that's like three and a half percent or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, So seven pounds, I use a gut cut uh, and maybe some also like, uh, like some sodium manipulation, like the last two days where like my sodium is a little bit lower. So I am, uh, losing some, some water as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I make weight through that. Like, and I'm not cutting calories. I'm keeping my, uh, my calories are about the same, but they're coming from primarily, uh, nuts, um, like almonds, pistachios, uh, protein shakes, and mm-hmm. maybe some like high dense, uh, foods like maybe like chocolates, ice creams. Um, uh, sure. but yeah, so those are like the foods I'm intaking. And like the, the, like the sodium, like I said, is a little bit lower in the last two days. And like, I make weight that way. Uh, so like I make, so I'll walk in, walk in on midday, step on the scale, like 164 <laughs> and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. What, I
1: do, what, what do I do from there? Sure. So yeah. So you lost about what that, like, like
2: seven, seven ish pounds or so. Mm -hmm. um so ideally so it's 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 definitely hard with the two hour weigh-ins um but ideally to get back to sort of that that starting hydration um status what we normally recommend is is a at least at least 100 percent of of what you lost um so in this case um uh you take your your seven pounds and uh convert that to uh, to kilograms. And that would be about, um, how much you would then, um, have in, in liters, um, uh, liters of fluid. Um, Okay. and, uh, really what we, we would do is, is have a little bit more than that because, because of the short timeframe. Um, if you want to get back to that, uh, that full, uh, restore all that, all that loss, really what you want to do is have, have a little bit more than that because, uh, when you when you consume that large uh, that large amount of fluid in, in sort of that shorter time frame uh, you will be peeing out a lot um, so that sort of extra is to account for that um, because you'll just from consuming uh, more fluid at, at a short period of time than your than your kidneys can handle you will you will excrete a little bit more than
1: actually you take in yeah. um, so th- is, is the process a little bit different like would you do like uh, what's like the first step? Like, would you eat food and what type of food would you eat? Um, and like, how much food would you intake at the beginning? Or would you just oh. go straight? Would you go straight yeah. to the water? Straight to prioritize like... hydration
0: first. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, yeah. That's...
2: I I probably hydri- prioritize the hydration first um, because you're going to want to get, uh, get that all, all back, back to normal as soon as you can. Uh, but also like along with that too, you know, your, your hydration could have, have some, uh, some calories in it as well, like your some carbohydrates to uh, support the absorption uh, of the fluid as well, um, and uh, some sodium, sodium along with that too, to to also uh, encourage both the carbohydrate absorption and the and the fluid absorption there too. Um, so kind of starting out with that, um, and then um, the next step would be to to sort of introduce the foods, um, which um, which ideally you would. Uh, you would know the foods that you tend to tend to sit, sit best like in your stomach pre-training and, and try to try to stay as close to that as, as you normally would Um, just with that added uh, sort of rehydration
0: component along with it. So So would you, would you add like you were saying like you would add carbohydrates and sodium to your rehydration? Is there like uh, an average amount that you would do or is this dependent per lifter?
2: Yeah. So this would, this would kind of be dependent per lifter, you know, especially if, um, if someone did, uh, did do more of that, that sodium manipulation, uh, then to where they were, um, to where they were losing more, more sodium as well, compared to sort of their, their starting point, then they might want to introduce or not introduce, but uh, bring back a little bit more sodium to kind of account for that. Um, Whereas if they're not, they're just going to have like, you know, normal sodium intake and didn't, didn't really do much, then maybe they don't need to, to go as high in the sodium, but sodium can, um, can help with the, the rehydration process.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, I've done a few cuts. Um, and usually like I have, I have trouble, um, drinking, like a lot, like I have trouble drinking like seven pounds worth of fluid yeah. on, on an empty stomach. Cause like usually like after the gut cut, like after like also like the last day, you're not eating much. You cut, like you cut uh, your food intake about like 15 hours out or so. Um, yep. So like, like your, your stomach has like shrunk down. Uh, like can just oh, yeah. kind of, yeah, it's, it was, it's, I, f- I found it a little bit more, uh, uh, like it makes it easier for me to, um, drink and eat and like yeah drink more if i have some type of uh like food base like at the start mm-hmm. uh like like if i eat like what i usually do like i would just eat like some rice some bananas before i start uh like my rehydration process Like it's it's not a lot of food maybe it's like a like half a pound like maybe a pound worth of food mm-hmm. uh, so like it's not like it's not yeah it's not a big meal it's not super calorie dense uh, but it gives me like some type of like a base to, uh, like it allows me to drink more, uh, afterwards, obviously like you want to get the hydration in first, but like having, do you think like having like this base at the, at the start will kind of help you, uh, like drink that amount you need to drink without feeling like you're going to throw up? Yeah,
2: no, I think, uh, I think that, uh, that could definitely help. Um, you know, especially if, um you know, if it, if it's going to encourage, encourage drinking more than for sure, especially with those kind of foods you mentioned, those are pretty, pretty easy to digest. Um, so yeah, sticking to something like that, that, you know, you get your carbs in there too. And it's, 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 uh, you know, like your rice and your, your bananas, those are, those are pretty easy to digest. And even with the, you know, the bananas too, you're getting some electrolytes from that as well. Um, so that, uh, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea to, to, to kind of both encourage that, that fluid, uh, fluid intake and then, um, support like your, your energy intake to, to help, uh, help get ready for, for the competition too.
1: Are, are those the foods you would recommend or like, was, is it more kind of general, uh, like whatever you can, you feel like eating or, cause like some people can, uh, that they, they go in, it's like, Oh, like you just eat whatever you like to eat, but people bring in like fried chicken. People f- like bring <laughs> in, <laughs> it's like, maybe, yes. you have, maybe, maybe it's not preference. Like, uh, it's not all preference. Like there's like some foods that are a little bit more optimal. Science, yeah. There's yeah. some science behind it. Yeah. Yeah. No. In
2: general, like uh, you know, the the closer you the closer you are to competition, the more you want to stay away from you know those like those fried like higher fat foods. Um, that'll that'll take longer to digest, and you don't want to your body to be focused on digesting when you're you know about to you know do a heavy squat. Um, you want to have that all, all good and, and ready to, to be used for energy. So yeah, sticking to more of those, uh, those, those simpler carbs, like your rice, your bananas, uh, bagels are like a favorite of mine. Um, you know, crackers, pretzels, things like that, that will give you the carbs, give you the sodium. Um, you can have some, uh, have some protein too, but like the closer you closer you get. Um, so like by the time you're like an hour out try to, try to reduce that um and stick to mainly the carbs
1: yeah so those like mainly like what you uh things like they're simple carbs like carb dense uh have some sodium in them mm-hmm. and uh yeah like maybe um yeah like like the rice uh, bagels bananas but there's nothing um uh, like there's no food like secret food you would kind of prescribe to someone like there isn't anything uh no, not, not, really, not really, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's that simple as long as you kind of eat things that are obviously like low fat, not fried, carb dense, yeah. like that, that's that's basically it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, or, and I would like, I would test it too. Like, I mean, you know, it, it might not necessarily be the same as as a meat day if you don't have that, uh, the cutting component too, but just like you know, pre like, uh, like your could you even do it? Um, you know, when you're you're working up to like the, just just text testing your maxes or something in training, um, mm-hmm. you know, try that try that meal and and see if it see how it sits in your stomach and things like that. And if it doesn't sit well, then you know, pick something else yeah. for
1: sure. Yeah, because like for me, and like I guess like for uh, a lot of powerlifters, like they try to optimize everything, especially mm-hmm. uh, especially like after some like the, the recon process is like so huge, like on Mm -hmm. meat day, like it it plays like a big factor in your performance. Uh, Oh yeah. So, so people want to kind of optimize every step of the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like for me, like if I know eating bananas will be, uh, will give me a little bit of an advantage um, instead of eating bagels or rice, like I would eat the bananas, but yeah, there isn't, but there isn't uh, like bananas don't really digest any faster, right? Like we're, um, like, what would you look at if you're trying to, like, super optimize this process?
2: Yeah, I mean, you could uh, – yeah, I mean, you could compare, like, uh, the – like, the, I guess, the glycemic index of, of the foods, um, which would be, like, like I guess, how, how quickly they digest, sort of, and, and raise your blood sugar and things like that. But mm-hmm. even then, like, I don't think um, – I don't think they would necessarily translate um, like the, the difference between the, uh, the rate of digestion between the foods of at least if you're eating like sort of all from from that sort of fast mm-hmm. digesting category. I don't think it'd be enough to to make a substantial impact on the performance. Gotcha. Um, more so more. So I think the sort of like the the psychological aspect of, oh, OK, this, yeah. this is a food I'm familiar with. This is a food I've I've had before in training. Like my my body's used to used to having this sort of food. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's
1: going to be the, the bigger advantage as compared to, to, to trying something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we established, uh, like the foods you would eat. Um, and as far as like the fluids specifically, um, is there like a ratio of electrolytes you would try to try to get in with this amount of, uh, those, those amount of fluids? Cause like, I'm trying to get in about six to seven pounds worth of fluids, um, mm-hmm. Before, like that's if I don't use the bathroom, but if I use the bathroom, I'll have to even drink more. Uh, right? Is there a ratio you would look at? As like how much sodium are you looking at? Because uh, like that's also something that's not super clear for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've, I've seen a few examples of people either intaking too little. Um, too much. <laughs> and I've seen people intake way too much. And like, yeah. have like the opposite, like this, they start cramping because they're intaking way too much. Oh, so I guess like what's that sweet spot like what would you shoot for yeah no
2: absolutely so and yeah unfortunately that's not super clear from like just you know the research in general especially for like the when it comes to rehydration for uh, for like cutting weight and things like that um, from a uh, like a like an endurance performance uh, nutrition side usually it's uh, definitely, definitely it's always higher in sodium maybe in like sort of that range of like, like four, four to one ish for, for sodium to potassium. Um, but, uh, that can vary too depending on on how much sodium uh, a person sweats when they're doing a, an activity like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have as good, good of guidance for, um, for like strength athletes and for that, like acute rehydration. Mm-hmm. Um, generally what I, what I'd suggest is is definitely get one that's, that's going to be higher in the sodium. Um, but like you, you also want to be cautious and uh, yeah, not go not go too too crazy high in the sodium. Not just keep keep pumping the sodium too, because then yeah, that can, can cause issues on the on the other end of the spectrum too. Yes. Um, so uh, the uh, but the advantage of having the sodium too is that actually uh, because sodium does promote more of that fluid retention, even if you can't quite get up to that that seven, uh, seven plus liters of fluid, like the, the fluid that you do intake, it'll be more likely to, to actually stick around and, and stay hydrating
1: versus, um, versus just, just peeing it out. Um, yeah. If you, if you didn't have that. Yeah. Cause like, that's like, that's the main, main issue you were talking about is like, if you're trying to regain this much weight and like you're intaking that much fluid that fast, um, mm-hmm. you'll start, uh, you start peeing a lot more Mm-hmm. Uh but there are some things you can do to limit like the amount of uh, fluids you're losing. Yeah, fluid loss, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like that's probably through uh like finding a good ratio of mm-hmm. electrolytes to fluid intake. So maybe let's say like two grams of sodium for every gallon, like would that be something you would uh you would shoot for, or would you shoot for like seven grams per uh for every gallon of water you're intaking?
2: oh man i'd have
1: to do some math on that <laughs> oh, oh man uh it's... yeah you can t- take your time i guess we'll um, yeah like that because like what what i usually do like i would like the goal for me to drink a gallon which is like about eight pounds um mm-hmm. and like that's that's throughout the meat so i try to drink like half a gallon before uh before i start squatting so like that's about four pounds and get let's say. 32 ounces of Gatorade, maybe another 32, 32 ounces of Pedialyte. So like that equals about eight pounds plus the food that equals nine pounds. And if I use the bathroom a couple times, uh, like I'll sit, I'll lose maybe like a couple pounds from that. So that's like my seven pounds. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not super sure if mm-hmm. the amount of uh, electrolytes I'm intaking is like what I should be intaking. Cause like, with I, I take one um, trioral packet, which has about I think nineteen hundred uh, milligrams of sodium. Sure, uh, maybe like twenty five hundred, uh, but it's uh, it's not pure sodium. Um, mm-hmm. So like I think it's like around let's say it's like around two grams uh, per packet. So like I take that, and like that's all that's the only uh, like uh, le- I take, and the rest comes from like the bananas the um, Gatorade, the Pialyte, um, which maybe equals to three and a half grams of sodium. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. It's like, or should I kind of bump it up a little bit more? Like for someone who's losing seven pounds.
2: Yeah. So, so when you, when you do that, do you find that you're, uh, like when you're close to, or when you've, I guess you've determined that you're done, uh, done with like the rehydration process, are you, are you able to kind of, kind of sit back around uh, where you started then before the cut?
1: Yeah. I always aim to um, like s- make it to like, w- like the, the body weight I started at. Uh, and like, I know I, I monitor, monitor how, like how many times I use the bathroom and I usually yeah. like on me days. I usually don't use a bathroom. Maybe I use a bathroom once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, maybe like I would maybe take a piss like once or twice, lose a couple pounds uh, but like for the most part, like I retain all of it. Sure. Um, yeah. and like, I don't know like if it's that coming from, uh the, the electrolyte intake, like that I'm kind of like, is, like, is like maybe the ratio I'm intaking mm-hmm. is, is like close to what I should be intaking. Um, or I don't know like if I should be, like, if it should be a little bit higher. So I don't lose that, like those extra two pounds that I'm. Uh, maybe, maybe I can find like a more optimal uh, ratio. So I don't even use the bathroom, not even once. <laughs> Cause like, that would be nice. Like if I don't have to rehydrate another two pounds, like that would be even, even better. Uh, but usually yeah, it works pretty well. Yeah,
2: no, I think, uh, I think that's good. But I think also like, um, even if you, uh, even if you aren't necessarily like, like a hundred percent back up to, um to the body weight and maybe, you know, have to use the bathroom or whatever. And, you know, or like a pound or so off, I think, um, I think from a hydration perspective there, like, uh, you, you do have some, some leeway, I think, um, like within like a, like one to 2% range. Like if you're, if you're within that, um, mm-hmm. with your, your rehydration, I think you're, I think you're still good, um, from, from what they've, um, they've done and i've done and, and everything just looking at dehydration effect on performance as long as you stay below uh, below about like like two two and a half percent um or like like stay within that get back up to, to within that um mm-hmm. from from in terms of like pure just fluid losses um i think uh i think you should should still be fine yeah um so i don't wanna worry worry too much about um about about that uh, more so, um, well, one thing you could, uh, could consider is like, you know, if you do, um, have to use the bathroom, whatever, like during the, um, the rehydration processing, okay, what, I guess what, like, what, what color is, is your urine? Is it mm-hmm. suggesting that you're, um, you're having, uh, well, it, it will most likely be very, very, um, very, very light just from the, 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 the larger volume of fluid, Um, Mm -hmm. but as you get sort of closer to, to the end or like, uh, even throughout the meat too, um, seeing, okay, like if it's, if it tends to be, to be darker than like, um, or, uh, then, then it might be suggesting that, okay, now you're, now you're actually starting to, to lose a lot more of that excess and maybe,
0: uh, maybe needed more. Um, Mm -hmm. that's, that's interesting. So from a hydration standpoint, you actually do have some leeway, like to, maybe like not get a hundred percent.
2: Yeah. When it, when it comes to like, uh, to your strength, uh, sports, um, if we're talking just, just purely from that performance perspective, yeah, you like, sure, sure. It would it would be good to, um, to rehydrate completely, but actually, um, it it probably won't have, have much of an effect. Um, if any, um, if you, if you're still within like that one to two, um, 2%, um, range. Um, even if you think about like in, in, uh, like in training too, especially if it's, um, like hot in whatever gym too, you're probably like around that, um, that sort of percent body mass
0: loss and not even realizing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. that that's kind of interesting. So yeah. like that could kind of guide how you, um, you know, what you pick in terms of recomping. Because mm-hmm. if you have that kind of leeway, you know, maybe you could prioritize like unless you're talking about eating like another banana or more high glycemic index foods or anything like that. If if you have a little bit of leeway in terms of recombing using hydration.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess like um, because like I, I do want to kind of get some like some numbers uh, because people want like want to like a reference point, like some some like a guideline. Uh, sure. Uh, so like you said that there isn't a clear, uh, prescription for electrolytes no, or for sodium. I, I mean, like, would you say sodium is like, is the more most important, uh, like thing you're looking at or like, is it, uh, like sodium as well? I mean, potassium, like, like, is there anything, anything else you would look at? Uh, yeah. Sodium, potassium would be, it would be the main two, um,
2: sodium, sodium, definitely more so just from that fluid retention aspect. Uh, but potassium also from, uh, from sort of an intracellular hydration perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely not, not quite been figured out. I mean, uh, that's kind of what I tried to, to look at more like with, uh, with my masters, um, seeing, okay, like maybe if we had like a higher potassium drink, would that affect, uh, strength, uh, performance better? Um, but I didn't actually directly compare it to like, like a high sodium drink, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, as of now, it seems that, you know, from a, at least from a regaining like fluid perspective, more of that sodium. Um, but we always, we always have a balance, um, between, uh, between the electrolytes in our body for just to allow for proper, uh, proper muscle contraction to begin with. So you like, you don't want to, don't ever want to just load up purely on the sodium. Uh-huh. Um, that's why, that's why all of these, uh, um, these different um whether it's tri-oral or, or gatorade or any of those that's why they always at least have some ask them to, to try to uh, account for that um because if you if you just do pure sodium then that's where yeah you can run into issues like you're cramping and things like that because you don't oh, have that yeah. that sort of balance
0: um, interesting yeah because
1: yeah. In yeah in a trial packet it has well it, it's not pure sodium it has uh like p- potassium chloride and sodium chloride um uh, So the potassium chloride is like 1,500 milligrams and the sodium Mm -hmm. chloride is 2,600 milligrams. Uh, I'm not sure like what that translates to uh, potassium and sodium. I know it's Mm -hmm. close to, like I said, like 1,900 uh, uh, sodium and maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe like a gram of potassium. Um, Okay. But with with like the one to two ratio, like – Uh, of potassium to sodium would that be a good ratio to look at yeah i mean that seems pretty good like
2: i think for for strength sports yeah we could probably get more towards that uh that like one to two whereas um the the main rationale for for like a higher sodium was has mainly been studied in like your endurance performance like gatorade uh lots of studies have been been funded by them looking at more like like soccer and other different like more endurance ish mm-hmm. uh, sports like in the heat and things like that, where you have more, more of your sodium sweat losses, awesome. which is why they they tend to promote more of that higher sodium content. Uh-huh. But for, for strengths, uh, strength sports, um, we don't, uh, we don't usually, unless we're like, like training in the heat or whatever. And like a gym without air conditioning for the most part, when it comes to like a competition day, things like that, um, we don't, uh, we don't necessarily have have those those kind of losses from from like the sweating aspect or things
1: like that so mm-hmm. that's where yeah we might be able to get away with more of that that one to two ratio and like for like one packet like one of these would you say like if you intake if you take one packet of trials make sure to at least drink half a gallon with it like would that be something you cuz like again like i want to like know uh, give people like a rough guideline because so they're not mm. intaking too much and they're not intaking yeah, no, too little. So like somewhere like like a range, like what would be a, a range you would look at? Because yeah. it's, it's not super clear, like, like you said. Uh, but, right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So if
2: we do... Uh, so you said it's about, uh, what, two grams of, of sodium in a, in a packet? Yeah. Yeah, so if you um say say you were trying to get back like we'll, we'll use your example so you were trying to get back up like those uh what what seven seven pounds let's so, right? we'll say seven pounds yes okay yeah so we're we're trying to get back up seven pounds so um hold on i'm gonna just convert that because my mind works in like uh, kilos
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: okay, exactly. So
1: three and a half kilos. Yeah. So like, say we're like, under like three and a half kilos,
2: which, which, um, the way we, uh, we like sort of prescribe rehydration is, is like one, uh, like one kilo is equivalent to, uh, to one liter of, of fluid. And so, um, if we, if we're trying to make up like three, three and a half, three and a half kilos, that would be about, about three and a half liters, and so with that, if you, you know, if you had one, maybe I mean, if it was possible, maybe like one and a half packets. Um,
1: okay,
2: uh, should be okay for for so, that
1: amount. So it's like a like a gram per liter, uh, like a gram of sodium per liter. That that sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, it like or a gram no a gram per every for every, cou- for every 2 pounds of body weight uh, let's see cuz like a kilo is about uh yeah yeah, yeah, pounds, yeah a kilo, okay. kilo so, is about
2: yeah. 2 2 yeah 2.2 mm-hmm. pounds um so yeah so then if we uh if we did that that would yeah that would work out to be to be about that right
0: mm
1: mm-hmm.
2: mhm um, Yeah. Yeah, that sounds sounds reasonable.
1: Okay, so that, that would be like a yeah, rough you, guideline yeah, of like how of much you should be intaking. Maybe like uh one gram of potassium for every kilo or for every two pounds. And um is that is that what it was? Um and Yeah, yeah it so, was half. Yeah. It was one gram of sodium for every kilo. So for every two pounds, mm. and maybe one gram yeah. of potassium for every four pounds or two kilos. Yeah. 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 That sounds, that sounds much better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for, for someone who's losing about four pounds or two kilos, like you would recommend, um, two, two grams of sodium, uh, and one gram of potassium. So maybe one packet of a trioral for someone who's losing about four pounds, who needs to kind of intake, uh, four pounds worth of fluid um and for someone who's trying to like if you, you can use that and like if you use, use it, the math yeah yeah you do, do the, the math, math do the math from there um mm-hmm. okay so so that would be like the process of like just try to maybe start with some food um like so you can actually drink and drink more and kind of monitor how much uh, electrolytes maybe look at, maybe primarily look at the pota- potassium and sodium and like use these guidelines of one gram of potassium for every two kilos or four pounds. And like maybe uh, two grams of sodium for every um, two grams for every four pounds, right? Two kilos. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would be a good guideline. And that's if you're primarily drinking water, like you'll yeah. have you can only you can track your like the packets the charcoal tr- tr- packets. But if you're intaking, right. if you're having like a Pedialyte or a Gatorade, those should say also how much. Yeah, uh, they, they tell you how much on the you Yeah, how how you can do the
0: math on those. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think like I was in like in the in the right uh, range because like I was intaking one of these packets plus mm-hmm. the Pedialyte and Gatorade. Maybe have like half a packet worth of uh, potassium and and sodium, so right? Can, yeah. Okay. So th- that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, from a, yeah, from a
0: hydration standpoint, you know, you're 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 good if you if you take into account that one to two percent leniency, Yeah, you're probably okay. right on the money.
1: And and one other thing we talked about before, which was like a really good tip. Uh, so like we we have you have we have two hours right to uh, get back to where we wo- where we were before. Uh mm-hmm. is there and we know how much we have to intake, like we know like mm-hmm. how much food, we know how much fluids, uh, and we know the time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how fast would you recommend this person uh spreads this recon process? Like would you want them to intake like the for me, like would I should I need do I need to intake the seven pounds within fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, or two hours? Or or is it going to make a difference as well?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And yeah, I think, uh, I think it can help you out by, by spacing it out a bit more, um, you know, versus consuming it all at once, just from a, just from a retention perspective. Um, if we, if we overload the kidneys sort of all at once, then we're going to be more likely to, uh, 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 to pee that, that excess out more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we, when we sort of space it out a bit more, that's not to say we need to you know uh drink just like you know just sip very minimally all the time but maybe um rather than, than consuming it like you know as quick as we can uh, mm-hmm. try to try to space it out sort of more evenly try to try to get majority of it in probably like uh, more than like 30 minutes before we're we're gonna lift so that and you know any any excess um uh we're uh you know peeing that out and not like having overly uh, bloating too much yeah. um but uh but yeah, kind of spacing it out more versus just having to to drink it all at once because because then that can also help with you know having just just room in the stomach
1: too to, to eat your foods too um, yeah. to, to help uh, help with that. Yeah, so like maybe like within the first hour, if we have about let's say like an hour and a half to two hours because usually you mm-hmm. don't have full two hours. Um, yeah, but and sometimes yeah, you have a little you
2: warm-ups and stuff yeah
1: yeah, and sometimes you have a little bit more time depending which fight you're in. Uh, yeah. but let's say like within like the first hour, you want to kind of get back to where you were and you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be so fast. Like within like the 15, like the first 15 minutes, like that will probably cause more, uh, you start losing a little bit more, right?
2: Yeah. And then probably more likely to cause more just like overall GI distress too, uh, from mm-hmm. that large volume. Um, so yeah, I think within the first hour is reasonable.
1: Okay, yeah, because nice. I've, I've heard also like with uh like lighter weight females, um, they tend to like pee out more. Like whenever whenever they cut, then they kind of mm-hmm. try to rehydrate within like this first 30 minutes or maybe first, yeah, like first 30 to to an hour. They start mm-hmm. using the bathroom a lot more. Uh, Like I, I've heard of females kind of using the bathroom by like seven times at a mm-hmm. meet, like in a sure. four hour meet um mm-hmm. so is there any tips for um like like a like a light for a lighter weight female versus like a heavier weight male would the would the timing be a little bit different would you kind of choose different foods uh, or like would you kind of recommend the same thing
2: yeah so um yeah i mean just for the for the the female definitely the uh the volume is going to tend to uh, tend to be lower overall uh, but you know that might be something to play around with in terms of like the just the rate of the rate of consumption too so mm-hmm. um, trying to uh, to space it out more uh, more evenly over the course of that hour versus that large volume um, but I don't necessarily know if it would uh, if it would differ between like then and like uh, like the example we've been talking about yeah. uh, like with the mail yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would probably probably be
1: pretty similar, but it's yeah, same uh,
2: concepts,
1: yeah. But maybe with like a lighter weight female, a little bit smaller frame, maybe a smaller kidney as well. Can maybe like they need to uh, pace it a little bit slower, you would say, like or not really. That doesn't really matter. Like, uh, the, the, like the how big the person is, does it play a factor? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That
2: that totally could. Like yeah, if they're um, yeah, if if they're if they if they could kidney smaller to begin with, then yeah, probably, you know, consume less, less fluid
0: in each,
1: each sort of, sort of dose, um, throughout mm-hmm. that, that time period. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, so I guess like the main idea is to kind of just, if you have a problem with losing like all the, like a lot of the fluids you're intaking, especially like after, after a cut, like maybe like the, the spacing out would be like the first thing you would, you would do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, this is, this is. I mean, I feel like we got, like, a good, yeah, like, a good guideline for, for people, like, what to do, like, after they kind of step on the scale, uh, and, like, they know how much, like, how much weight they have to regain, uh, now you have a guideline, like, okay, like, what foods to eat, what uh, fluids to intake, how much, uh, how much sodium and potassium you have to look at, and, like, the time frame you want to intake this, uh, those, those foods and fluids out. And like, um, so yeah, that that gives people kind of like a good, like a step yeah, by starting map. point. Yeah, yeah good step by step what to do. Yeah, so- and that's and it's important to point out too that like
2: that's kind of just like a starting point too. Like, of course, it's gonna gonna uh, like you'll you'll find like what works works best for you or or doesn't work best for you. But like this kind of um, kind of tries to to cover the bases um, as much as you can.
1: Yeah, no, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I yeah. guess let's let's like, I mean, we'll take a because like it's it's been an hour. We'll talk. Let's talk a little bit more about your your own research and like what your what the future looks like for you. And oh, I sure. guess yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so so now I'm doing my my dissertation, so I'm looking more at um, hydration from like a health perspective. Um, so I'm looking at how does low like chronic low water intake how does that influence um, uh, cortisol levels. Um, so actually there's, um, some research that has found relationships between an increase in a hormone in the body, um, that actually it rises with dehydration. So it's called uh, vasopressin or antidiuretic hormone. So when we don't, uh, don't consume much fluid, this hormone is actually elevated and actually, um, it helps to retain fluid. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm looking at uh, sort of the, the other health effects of, of chronic uh, elevations in this hormone. Um, and one of them that's been shown is actually vasopressin may may increase cortisol levels. And then cortisol has um, been associated with, um, with different health conditions. It's, um, it can affect uh, blood glucose regulation um, and things like that. Um, so I'm sort of trying to... To get more more detailed information um, from people by looking at their looking at their cortisol levels, looking at their fluid intake, um, and seeing okay, how does um, how does this uh, chronic low water intake how does it influence someone's cortisol levels, and then how does this impact other other markers of health like their um, like glucose response, appetite hormones, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that that's more for like Gen Pop, uh, mm-hmm. not, not really performance driven have you yeah have you, do you look in is that that's the only research you're doing right
2: that's the only research i'm i'm doing currently i'd love to in the in the future though kind of get back and and incorporate some of the uh, performance side as well um mm-hmm. uh, just alongside with the with the health aspect um yeah definitely
1: yeah that's, that's interesting um because he said like um for, like he said chronic chronic uh like i guess like how how long how long would would that uh like would that mean like if you're chronically dehydrated would that mean like you've been dehydrated for like a, a month or a like, core
2: yeah so that's a great question um so how i'm looking at uh for people in my study now i'm sort of looking at like over the course of a month like seeing what their their fluid intake has been and mm-hmm. then sort of monitoring it for a month um, based on, uh, like I'll get like a, a self-reported sort of survey, survey measure of their, their fluid intake and then see, okay, what's their actual intake for, for this month. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's harder to, harder to get, uh, longer term, um, information, um, on fluid intake. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's been some, some studies that have, have looked at just, uh, just cross-sectionally, like different different age groups and looking at fluid intake and things like that and uh, correlate them with with different disease states. Uh, but for my purposes,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm sort of looking more of that like sort of month or two time frame. Mm-hmm. H- have you encountered a lot of limitations? Like has it been difficult to find like the right people like for for this study? Uh, or like have you... Uh, like what kind of limitations are you, are you working with? Like, what's the, more, like, what are the difficulties you're having to deal with doing this type of research?
2: Yeah. So actually I've been surprised that it's been harder for me to get like the the high category. So people drinking a lot of fluids harder than I, than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually getting a, a decent number of people from the the lower group. So not consuming much.
1: And then the, the middle group was pretty easy to, to recruit for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and uh, I guess what's what does the future look like for you, like from a powerlifting standpoint? Like, are you actually do you have a lot of time now to uh, like keep powerlifting for training, or like are you mainly focused on school, like your research? Has your has your training taken a backseat?
2: Yeah, so I think it took a backseat probably the the past couple months, but like I'll, I'll still go in and train just more so like to you know to have fun and stress relief things like that. I don't really, um, don't really have uh, a set meet specifically on the horizon, but I definitely, um, definitely want to compete in the future. Still, mm-hmm. um, there are some that I've, I've seen next year that uh, I might consider that would, that would take place like after I'm ideally um, done with data collection for my dissertation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll, I'll finish that up soon, and then, uh, then can get back back into a, into a meet. Cause I'd love to, love to get back on the platform. Um, but otherwise now I'm, you know, applying for jobs and stuff too, which is, you know, stressful in and of itself.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and like, you'll be, when will you be done when you'll, when will, are we going to be able to call you, uh, Dr. Mitch? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so goal is in the, in the spring. So yeah, I'm
2: trying to graduate if I, if I, collect all my data and then defend my dissertation. in, in March, it's like March 15th is like the deadline for that. Uh, then I'm good to, to graduate in spring. But, but if not, then I, I could also graduate in summer too. Um,
0: would be fine. Are you, are you excited? Yes. i'm ready
2: to i'm ready to be done (laughs) i'm ready to make
0: actual money (laughs) yeah there you go i like that answer
1: (laughs) (laughs) once once, once you're done were you like will you go back and do some some more research because like i I feel like it's needed like people uh like people like you kind of doing research that actually uh actually helps like if like from a a performance standpoint is that an interest of yours
2: yeah, absolutely. No, I'd love to, uh, love to go back and and do more of that kind of research. Um, you know, I'm, I'm applying to different, uh, like faculty positions at, at universities. So, um, hopefully if I got one of those, I'd be able to, to keep doing that kind of research.
1: Cool, man. Uh, All right. yeah. Do
0: you have anything to add? No, that was pretty thorough. I liked, I, I learned quite a bit. I, you know, I understood some of it, but there was some stuff I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that rehydration kind of played this much of a factor into you yeah, know strength training. So I, I got quite a bit from this. so
1: yeah, I feel like yeah. it's been's it's been really helpful and it kind of gives people uh, somewhat of a because people like kind of like steps to follow, like you just tell them what to do. Uh, like if you give them like hard guidelines to follow they're more uh-huh. more willing to follow it than just like oh because most, most of it you know? is just word
0: of mouth or my coach says to do this and do that you know yeah so like, this is like this is at least for someone who has no clue on where to start mm-hmm. gives them a, a blueprint or a guideline and be like okay well that that'll that works
1: yeah there's a lot of misinformation out there and like there isn't hard guidelines for people to kind of follow or at least like rough guidelines. It doesn't have to be hard guidelines. Like so like a rough estimation of like what, how much you should intake, what kind of foods and fluids. Um, Cause like, yeah, like I've seen, you, you've been to a lot of meets, like you've seen like the nightmares, like the horror stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's like you giving people a little bit more information and like, uh, like the right way of doing this because like there isn't a lot of like we talked about there isn't a lot of information on this there's a lot of information on how to cut uh but not really what to do after right yeah. right so yeah i mean this yeah. was uh so it's fun um yeah maybe, we'll also well, yeah, you. it. Yeah, maybe no. we can have you back on too like that was uh maybe oh, we'll yes, talk about something please. else <laughs> well that'd be awesome yeah, maybe yeah. talk about your research once you're done, like the results and the, what you uh, what you came up with. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, plug them. So, uh, where can people yeah. find you? Yeah, where, where uh, can,
0: where,
2: you can, I guess you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Zaptrainer. Trainer. Uh, that's uh, pretty much it. Or you can find me in the lab
0: uh, if you come to. <laughs> <message>. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
1: You, you're not super active on social media. or On social media, no, though, not right? lately. I, I yeah. think
2: I probably post like once every three months or something
1: right now. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've never met Mitch in real life, he's like the most cheerful, like positive person. Uh, after oh, I met my. you, yeah, but I, I met you at nationals, uh, like. I was like, if I wasn't in a good mood, like you would put me in a good mood. You're just gonna so, yeah. Like I just love the energy. Like I just love talking to you. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> So maybe hopefully we'll see you again. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, take us out and do the do the outro. Do it, do it, do it. Where do people yeah, find us?
1: Yeah. So we can find us. Uh, you can find us on chalk my back. On Instagram, you can uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, and wherever you can find podcasts on. Um, yeah, give us a five-star review. Just like Abe would say, like if, not a, if it's not a five-star review, don't even bother. Even don't, don't yeah, don't, don't, don't yeah bother. we don't we'll, we'll want it. If it's not a five-star review, don't stars, want it, we'll even want it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Peace out. All righty, please.
0: Thanks, guys. <laughs>